If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful air to all of you as we continue our distant broadcast. The studios at High FM closed because they continue the country. But thank God and thanks to our producers and engineers at Chai FM, we are able to continue talking to each other, meeting with each other, speaking about things that are important and sharing ideas that are valuable to each and every one of us. It's the Shabbos right after Shavuot. Shavuot, just a week ago, we celebrated the incredible festival of receiving the Torah at Sinai. And this Parsha, Naso, is somehow always connected with the festival of Shavuot, usually coming right after. And it's because of that we have to understand the relationship of the Parsha and the festival that we just experienced, how it connects, how it teaches, how in fact one helps the other make us understand what is important in life. It's a time that we have to be very, very careful. Yes, we have come down from level four to level three, The economy is opening up, the restrictions have been eased, but it is vital that each and every one of us takes extra caution and care because now that the community is open and a lot of social interaction is taking place, God forbid the possibility of getting this terrible virus, being infected with this terrible virus has become far more real. And because of that, we have to ensure that our protection, our self, our concern with safety and health is at its very best level. You know, this is what happens. This is what happens as people get closer to each other. We were locked away at home for a long time. Some of us are still at home. Many of us will still be at home for a long time because this is a terrible, terrible illness. And we have to make sure on the one hand, to pray to Hashem, to reach out, to ask God that He protects us, He heals us, He heals everybody. And we have to take notice of the fact that there has been a huge spike, a huge increase in this terrible, terrible pandemic in the last couple of days since the country opened up a bit more. At the same time, as I said, we pray to Hashem, but we have to do our bit as well, and that is to be extra vigilant, about what we do, with whom we interact, and the safety, the sanitization, the purity of our own lives. Yes, it's Parshish Naso. Naso, of course, means to count. God tells Moshe to count the two families of the Levites and to indicate to them what, in fact, their duty in the Beis Hamidish was all about, how they had to serve God, how they had to fulfill their particular mission in the world as Levim, as Levites, serving in the temple, particularly, as we read now, the transportation of the Mishkan from one place to another. That was the duty, that was the job, the task of the Levites. But as you've heard me say so many times, Lashon HaKodesh, the holy tongue, the Hebrew tongue, the language of God, the language of Torah, the language of creation, each word can have numerous meanings. Each word can be translated in a great many different ways. And the word naso, naso can mean to count, but naso can also mean to lift up, to raise. And you have 
to understand the relationship between the various words, but each and every single translation of this Hebrew word nasob has depth and meaning and purpose. And when you translate the passage literally, nasobas rush means elevate the head. You've often heard me talk about elevating the head, because the head is the center of intellect, and the intellect, the brain, is the center, the nerve center that instructs the various organs of the body to behave in particular ways. It is the mind, the intellect, it is the brain that is the center which communicates to the entire body what it should do and how it should do it. Instantaneous, it happens in a moment, it's not something which takes time, but it's there in the brain. Intellect, of course, our ability to perceive ourselves, to understand ourselves, to understand each other, to understand the world around us, to understand how things work, how things interact, to understand things. And what, in fact, we're being told over here is to raise your head. While you might be an individual of great intelligence, there is always room to improve, always room to raise our heads to a higher level. Now, one of the most disturbing things in the world is when a person realizes the potential of his intellect, her intellect, and not pursuing, developing that potential in order to become more and more knowledgeable, more and more aware. As human beings, we have an incredible amount of power within our own intelligence. Our intelligence is almost infinite. We are able to understand, we are able to know the most complex and difficult things that confront us in life. And I'm not only talking about maths and sciences and the various wonderful dimensions of physics and how the world works and the chemical interaction between various things within the world, but I'm talking about developing the mind, raising one's intelligence, pursuing knowledge with a tremendous sense of passion, of devotion, pursuing knowledge with a tremendous sense of resolve and dedication to know. And that's one of the great tragedies of the human condition, that we kind of limit, we kind of limit our desire to grow, to develop intellectually. Now, one can say to oneself, hey, I don't have a good mind at all. We all have good minds. Yes, for some people it is easier to pursue something of great knowledge. For others it might be a bit more difficult. But the fact is, based upon our own conditions, we have so much that we can and that we should do from an intellectual point of view. And we are able to understand mysteries. We are able to understand secrets. We are able to understand the depths, not only of the world that we live in, but how this world came about. We are able to understand concepts of creation, how God in his infinite greatness brought about a finite world and how he cares and is concerned with each and every one of the creatures within this world, human, animal, world of vegetation, the inanimate world, the entire creation with all its wonder and beauty and secrecy and mystery, we are able to understand so much of it. It takes time. It takes effort. We have to apply ourselves with a tremendous degree of devotion and study. And yes, we have to search out teachers. We have to search out 
Well, we have to search out sources and to make sure that the information that comes into our heads is real, is honest, is in fact true. So as Rosh means to raise your head, but more of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about expanding our minds, elevating our minds, taking our intelligence to an all, to an altogether different level, to become greater than we are. Another special thing is happening this Shabbat, and it's not only the portion that we're going to study, the portion of Lasso, but tomorrow we restart the second cycle of Pirkei Avot, the Ethics of Fathers, you know, between the festival of Pesach and Shavuot, we Shabbos every week, we learn one chapter. And of course, after the festival of Shavuot, the first Shabbat after the festival of Shavuot, we restart it. And how does it all begin? How does Pirkei Avot, that incredible section of the Mishnayot, which talks to our hearts and our minds and our character and our personalities, how does it all begin? It begins saying the following, Moshe kibel Torah misinai, umusara lehoshua v'yeshua l'iskenim, l'iskenim l'nevim v'nevim asaru l'anshe knesses havidola. What does that mean? Moshe received the Torah at Sinai, and then he transmitted this Torah to Yehoshua, his devoted disciple, and Yeshua gave it to the elders, the elders gave it to the prophets, and the prophets handed it over to the men of the great assembly, now, this particular opening sentence in this Mishnah is not only giving us a chronological review of how the Torah that Moshe received at Sinai was given down throughout the ages to various people of great importance until it ultimately came into our own hands. It's talking about a methodology of study. It's talking about a way that we can actually receive the Torah and deal with it in a way that makes it relevant and real in our own lives. We all stood at Sinai. We all stood at Sinai and received the Torah. And in a spiritual sense, our souls have received the entirety of Torah. Not only the entirety of Torah as it was given, that we know written in the five books of Moshe, but each and every single dimension of Torah throughout all the ages was handed down to each and every single person. But of course, that's the essence of our soul. In a practical way, we had to then take our minds and begin to study the Torah. And the development and study of Torah is an art in itself. It's not merely sitting and studying with a teacher. The opening words of the first Mishnah in Pirkei Avot tells us something of primary importance, and that is how the Torah was received and transmitted. It begins with Moshe. Moshe received the Torah at Sinai. It doesn't say he received the Torah from God. He received the Torah at Sinai because Sinai represents the qualities of Moshe. A man of incredible achievement. A man of unbelievable intellectual power and strength. And yet Torah refers to him as the most humble of all people. As we begin to study Torah, we have to know that we can know We can grow, but at the start of the journey of study, we also have to admit that we know very little. A person who is full of himself, full of nonsensical information, cannot begin to study the Torah properly because there is no place within his mind to receive the Torah. 
Yes, there has to be a tremendous sense of pride. We have to take great, great pride in the fact that God shows us that he gave us the Torah. But we also have to understand that we have to have a huge degree of humility. And that is represented by Sinai. That is represented by the mountain. On the one hand, it's a mountain which stands tall and proud. At the same time, it's the smallest of the mountains. A combination of these two factors, pride and humility. The absolute beginning of how to study. On the one hand, there is a tremendous sense of passion. I want to study. I want to know. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want my mind to become far greater. I want the information, the conscious information that I put into my mind to be real and powerful, sustainable and everlasting. You have to have humility for that. You have to realize that you're still in the early stages as a student. You're a learner. You're beginning to study. Yes, have that passion. You need that passion. Have that desire. You need that desire. But have that humility as well. This is the first stage of Moshe. And then there's Yehoshua. Yehoshua is the perfect student. The one who never left the tent of Moshe. In order to study, there has to be a tremendous sense of devotion. I can't start off with a tremendous bang. And next time around, well, I'm half asleep. You have to somehow pull up that sense of devotion that you initially felt, the passion, the desire. There has to be a tremendous sense of devotion, of recognizing that you're a student and wanting the teacher to give you more and more and more and more. This devotion as represented by Joshua. Joshua gives it to the elders. Who are the elders? The elders are the ones who are mature and disciplined. Because study takes a degree of maturity and mature discipline. It's not enough to once in a blue moon come to a shear and hear a word here and there. In order to study Torah properly, in order to make it your own, in order to expand your mind, you have to have a sense of mature discipline. Whether you study once a week or twice a week or five times a week, you have to make sure that you are devoted and disciplined to come to that shear, to come to that class on time, prepared with a sense of pride and humility, with a sense of tremendous passion and devotion. But you come on time every time, as important as it is to do anything else of importance in life, The times that you have set aside for the study of Torah are incredibly, incredibly important and powerful. The elders pass it on to the prophets. And the prophets, this means that you take your spiritual values and try to implement them into a conscious awareness and knowledge. It's not that there is something out there, something beyond that you have a vague notion of. Just like the prophet is able to see, to understand, to recognize that which is far beyond the average human mind. He wants to take the word of God and make it real and relevant in the words that he uses on a conscious level. This is another step in the devotion of the study of Torah. To take spiritual concepts and make them real, to understand them to examine them, to analyze them, and to apply them. You take that which is beyond, and you bring it here. 
And finally, the men of the great assembly. And why were they called the men of the great assembly? Because they restored their original glory. They lived in difficult times in exile. There was no revealed presence of godliness. It was a time of darkness. And they structured the prayers and they structured the study of Torah. But more importantly, they told the people, yes, while we are in a state of darkness and difficulty, we still see the presence of God. We still feel the presence of God. They nurtured a type of faith, a type of recognition that within challenging times, they recognized the opportunity and the presence of God. And this didn't happen in previous generations. We live in that sort of time. Yes, we live in a time where we take the message of the men of the great assembly, the unshakenness of Hagdullah, and we say, despite the darkness that we live in, we recognize with faith, with devotion, with study, we recognize the presence of God. This is how you raise your head. This is how you raise and expand your mind. This is how we come to the idea of Nasoat Rosh to actually pick up the head, to take the head, as I mentioned before, which is the center of control, to take the head, which in actual fact controls the entire body, not only the physical, but even the spiritual dimensions of the body. And you make it your own, you make it real, you elevate, you expand. And when you come to a point beyond which you don't understand, you don't give up. At that point, yes, Emunah, faith takes over. And you quickly begin to realize that you can go further intellectually from a mind point of view. Because the study of Torah is infinite. It knows no limitation. It knows no barrier. And as we enter it more and more, as we allow it to enter into our own lives, if we are prepared to accept the idea of Kabbalat Torah, not only that God gave us the Torah, but Kabbalat Torah, we receive the Torah, we begin to commune with our own souls, we begin to communicate with that spiritual energy within us, and more and more and more space becomes available in our minds, and further and further and further our intellect is able to reach. Now so it's Rosh. This is what God tells Moshe at the beginning of this parsha. But he doesn't leave it at that because it's the very same Parsha that comes right after the festival of Shavuot when we celebrate the giving of and the receiving of the Torah. It's also the first Shabbat after Shavuot when once again we begin learning Pirkei Avot, the ethics of Father, that not only teaches us ways to refine our character and personality, but as I mentioned before, in the coded words, we find an instruction, we find guidance, we find direction in terms of how to actually develop, develop in a positive, sustainable way the study of Torah and how we can understand it more and more. And this is something which is so important for us to understand, particularly in this sort of time, when there is time, what study really means, what study really calls out from within us, what in fact study means. And certainly in a time of darkness, when so many people unfortunately throw their hands up in despair and say, well, look at the world, it's gone crazy. Look at this epidemic, look at the violence, look at the insanity that seems to control the world. The unshaken Nesset Abdullah taught us it's within the darkness that we see the light. It's within the challenge that we see the opportunity. It's with 
is in the difficulty that we see the hope. It's within the darkness that we see the light. But more of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Nasilat Rosh, elevating your head, making your intelligence far more developed than it is. But as I said before, there is a process, there is a development. You must study in a particular sort of way, with passion, with devotion, with discipline, with recognize even within great difficulty and darkness, opportunity and light. And this is why, as you look through the entire Parsha, and you see that this is a Parsha that contains a great many different elements that seem to have no connection whatsoever. But in actual fact, as you've heard me say so many times, the name of the Parsha has to relate directly to each and every single different and separate dimension of the Parsha. And it's a Parsha that, well, contains right at the beginning the work of the Levites, how they had to discipline themselves to work properly and to dedicate themselves to work properly so that they could transport the holy Mishkan, the tabernacle, from one place in the wilderness to another where God told them to camp, to rest for a while. And this was not merely a mitzvah of transportation. This was an extraordinary service of men of spiritual development who actually had the privilege not the task. The task came afterwards. It was the privilege of carrying the temple from one place to another. This is something which is important to understand. This is not so raising something. You have to look at Torah and recognize that it goes through all sorts of time and space. But you have to maintain the authenticity of taking the Torah from one place to another, taking your study from one place to another in a very disciplined sort of way. We have the mitzvah of the Nazir. We have the mitzvah of the Nazarite, who from time to time, the individual from time to time, isolates himself and tries to become a little bit more spiritually enlightened and developed. Because a person recognizes that the humdrum of the world, the craziness of the world, can bring a person down. And therefore a person has to, well... Recede for a while, retreat for a while, go into his head and his heart. What's happening to us now? This is the opportunity. This is the opportunity of holding back the influences, the material influences of the world to a large degree and to use the time differently and to say, no, I don't have to rush out into the world. I will sit within the comfort of my home and search out a teacher, a Zoom, a lesson, a book a place where I can study. It contains the blessings of Yivarecha, the great priestly blessings that we hear on every Chag when we are in Shul. And what is a blessing? A blessing is not only, well, saying something nice to someone else, but reaching out and empowering someone else with tremendous spiritual energy. And that comes from the Kohen, the one who loves each and every single Jew. We have the story of the Sota, the fallen woman about how to develop a tremendous sense of morality in our lives, in society, in the world around us. We have to recognize those opportunities and those abilities. We talk about the gifts of the heads of each tribe. And while they were identical, it was unique to each and every one. The same zillion people can do the exact same thing. 
But the art of life is to do it as if it's done for the very first time. This is what life is all about. This is Naso Esrosh. Pick up the head. Pick up the head. Raise something to a different level, to an entirely different level. When a person sits, he sees only so far. When a person stands, he sees far beyond. And we talk about the metaphorical vision of the nanes, the small person who stands on the shoulders of a giant. And we have the giants that have preceded us. We stand on their shoulders. Our view, our perspective is so much greater. Raise yourself. Lift yourself. Make sure that your perspective expands. Make sure that everything around you is bigger. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit your view. Don't limit your mind. Don't limit your heart. This is what Nassau is all about. And I said earlier on, it comes so soon after the festival of Bamidbar when we received the Torah. As we stood at Sinai receiving the Torah, we were in a perfect state, each and every one of us, and we received the entire Torah. But at the same time, when we walked away from the mountain, that didn't last all that long. We needed Moshe as a teacher to come back to us and with a tremendous sense of pride and humility teach us again word for word. There is nothing small about being a student. A student is the one who pursues with passion and devotion that which he wants to know. So this is why when we enter into Shabbos, make sure that you have a chumash with you, good chumash with some good commentaries. Try to understand what in fact the Parsha is talking to us. And not only is some abstract piece of information and knowledge, but what it says to us individually and personally. And tomorrow after Mincha, tomorrow afternoon, as we study once again the second time around, the second cycle, the first chapter of Pirkei Avot, let's listen to the words of the great sages who talk to us directly. They're sharing their hearts, their knowledge, their minds, their feelings, their own experiences in life with us. Let's try and make them our own. It's an incredible Shabbos. Well, you might say every Shabbos is yes. But this one, of course, comes right after Shavuot. This one, of course, we begin Prikeyavot again. This one talks about Nasoet Rosh to elevate the head. It's a special Shabbos. Use it well. Elevate your head. Refinement. Brightness. Spirituality. Good Shabbos.